I love the line and the bridge of that song. I don't have time to maintain those regrets. That's a so engaged and enraptured with the love of Christ. It just life, be it awesome or tragic, completely just fades away. Um, it's beautiful. So we're in the last message of our series in the book of Galatians. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Galatians 6, 11. Uh, we'll read the, the last nine verses there. Um, let's, just, let's read those real quick and then we'll get into breaking this thing down. <clears throat> Verse 11. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision for neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the, the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. So, this morning is some pretty intense gospel stuff, and if you didn't pick that up, we'll walk through each one of these verses pretty slowly and, and look at some specific phrases and words. Um, maybe some of this stuff is going to be repetition for us this morning. Uh, probably it is, hopefully it is, because it's repetition if you've been paying attention. Uh, but we're going to dig deep here, and Paul has, Paul has taught the gospel throughout this book of Galatians, and he just kind of walked out of the first half of, of, of chapter 6 is teaching the gospel as it applies to church life, how you operate within a community, and now he closes his book. The whole book has just the, the gospel thread all the way through it, and he closes his book with some, uh, some really more intense, more fierce language um, about the gospel and, and what it means, um, and he, he ends it in verses 16 and 17 with some grace and some mercy stuff thrown in here. So let's, let's dig into these verses. Um, I'm not going to make a lot of points this morning. Uh, I, I just want to, because this is Paul closing out his book about the gospel, with the gospel, I, I don't want to try and confuse that with, with pithy sayings or words. Just dig into to actually what it is Paul wrote and what he's communicating to us. Um, Verse 11, see with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. And then verse 12, um, a, a powerful word he uses. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. And only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Flesh here is, is a word that just whatever we can attribute to ourselves. We want to make a good showing in what we can attribute to ourselves. Um, saw defini- definition a, a deeper definition this week. It's the earthly nature of man apart from divine influence. 
Say that again. The earthly nature of man apart from divine influence. So, so whatever is natural to us that is unaffected by the Spirit of God, that is flesh. We want to make a good showing in the flesh. So we want people to pay attention to the goodness of us. And this is those who are trying to impose religion upon the Galatian church. The churches throughout this region of Galatia want to make want the Galatians to look good so that them as their teachers will look good. We'll get to some more of that in a second. It's all of me and none of God is what this word means. And it shows up 126 times in the New Testament. I want to bring an illustration. When we first came here, we've, we've been at this church um, since the first Sunday in June. And like for most of the summer, June, July, and August, our kids would be in the back, back there in that little area that's, that's there before and after church. And Floors and Presbyterian is meeting right down the hall, and they're a congregation with, with a, quite a few older people. And, and these older people sometimes have a hard time walking, and, you know, not a hard time walking, but they don't need to be dodging little kids running around chasing balls. So I'm, I'm scared to death. You know, we're visitors in their home, and the wild craziness that goes on, and most of it is the wild craziness with my three that are back there going nuts and throwing balls and and like breaking stuff. And so every time before service, when there's floors and Presbyterian people around, and after service, when there's floors and Presbyterian people around, and my kids are running around going crazy, and there's like somebody walking with, with like a, a walker, and, and Cooper takes off running like right in front of him. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to they're gonna want to kick us out of here because our kids are just too crazy. They're too wild. And so I'm really, really nervous about what they think about me because of my kids. And that's what this verse is trying to relate to us. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. I want Florence and Presbyterian to want us to be here. And, and I don't want who I'm supposed to be teaching and leading and directing to be the cause of what drives them crazy. Um, so I was really, really nervous about that. And that illustrates what's here. Um, and the, the second half of this verse, so don't miss it. Verse 12. And only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Basically, because if, if, if they don't, if the people that I'm teaching, if the Galatian people are not circumcised and are not listening to the whole law, then the same people who killed Christ might try to kill me. Might try to take away my power, my authority. Luther says it beautifully. Your teacher say in effect, your teacher, he says in effect, this is Luther talking about what Paul's saying. Your teachers, he says in effect, are vain because they are afraid of the cross. They preach circumcision in case they should provoke the Jews to hate and persecute them. So however, so however glad you are to listen to, to them and for how long, you will only hear people who make their belly their God and seek their own glory and shun the cross. This phrase, belly their God, is, is I want current, superficial satisfaction for my flesh. Remember our definition of flesh, what's apart from God. I, I want to feel good about who I am in this moment. That's what happens when you're making your God your belly. And so I don't care what scripture has to say. I'm going to do what I can to make myself feel good in this moment. And for these teachers who taught this, these people in Galatia, 
the God of their belly was what other people thought about them. And I hope that rings true with you. It rings true with me. That's an idol that I have. Affirmation from you, affirmation from people that I trust and respect. And, and my prayer always when I wrestle with that idol is that in no way would, would seep into the things that come out of my mouth and how I teach and how I lead and how I lead my wife and how I teach my kids and how we, you and I interact and those things. But, but that can happen to us. And I hope we're all paying attention to the fierceness with which Paul is teaching here. When we allow the God of our belly to dictate what we do and say and act and how those things affect our lives, we fall under the judgment of Galatians. And we're seeking our own glory and we shun the cross. Verse 13 going to introduce a new word. We talked about flesh. He's going to introduce a new word that I want to land on a bit, boast. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law. So the, the whole deal with, with contextually, the whole deal here was that Paul goes in, preaches the gospel to these churches in Galatia, appoints elders, starts churches in this region of Galatia, maybe a, a statewide region of Galatia for for us to put it into American culture context. And, and then these Judaizers come in and say, yeah, great gospel, but you need to be circumcised as well. You need to follow the law as well. And Paul is, is refuting that. And he says, even those teachers, just because they're circumcised, they don't keep the whole law. So don't pay attention to them. But they have desire to have you to be circumcised so that they might boast in your flesh. I feel good when you behave. Back to the story about my kids. I feel really good when Flores and Presbyterian, and, and when this, in 45 minutes when, when they come in here, our kids are going to be back there, my kids are going to be back there, your kids are going to be back there, and, and I would feel good when they would engage the older people or, or not almost knock them down or not throw a ball and hit one of them in the head, which has happened before, and I would feel good when that sort of stuff happens because I was boasting in the flesh of my kids. And that's what Paul is, is speaking about. They feel good about themselves when religion and religious behavior modification takes root in the lives of their hearers. And that gives them pleasure. Um, so boast here, the, the strict Greek definition of the word boast is to take glory on account of a thing. Um, a lot of you guys know that I'm a, I'm a big Butler fan. If you've ever, uh, if you Follow me on Twitter or Facebook. You've, you've seen I Love Butler all over the place. And by the way, last night I was going nuts when they won uh, Final Four two years in a row. Um, I can tell you a lot of stats, details later if you'd like. Um, but they beat Pittsburgh uh, last Saturday night in a game where they were supposed to lose by like 15 points. And I didn't get to watch the end of it. And so there was like this really intense, there's seven seconds left and Butler's losing by a point and, and they... Their, their coach, who, who is fantastic, a guy named Brad Stevens, he's fantastic. I love him. Uh, he draws up this play, and, and I'm listening to it on the radio. I'm not watching it. And so 
it's such a, a, a great, huge play down the stretch that I'd go home after I, I did what I did, and I, I looked up the highlights, and I watched this play, and I watched it over and over and over again, and I watched how it was kind of drawn up, and I, I brought Jen in. I said, Jen, you got to see this. I was lucky enough to marry a basketball player, so she, she kind of digs that, or either that or she's lying to me, <laughs> which, which could be the case. I don't know. Uh, I don't mean to say that like my wife regularly lies to me. I don't, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but she watches it, and I said, now, now check this out. He gets, the, he gets this to happen, and then he gets this to happen, and then, then things are going. I want, can I show you the play? Is that all right? Can I do that? All right. Um, I need four of you guys to come up here. I'm going to diagram it here. This will be our basketball floor. So four of you guys, just stand up and come up here. All right? Come on. Come on. There's one. Okay, I needed one big, dumb, goofy white guy. You're the b- big, dumb, goofy white guy. Come on, Vince. Come on, Vince. All right. You're going you're gonna to stand right here. All right? Okay. Abe, you're going to be my <laughs> you're going to be my shooter over there in the corner. All right, uh, and and you're going to be you're going to be Matt Howard. You're the best player. Jeff, you're going to be uh, uh, Shelvin Mack, who is also the best player. Okay, so we're going you're in this corner. Okay, and I'm and I'm Van Zant. He's the really quick, fast guy. Okay, and here's what happens. This is this is the big dumb white guy. Look at look at the big dumb white guy right here. Here he is. This is the big dumb white guy who nobody expects to be getting the ball, okay? Except for people who watch Butler play because he's going to trick everybody. And this is Shelvin Mack. He's, he's the, the guard who scored 27 points last night to send him to the Final Four. He's awesome, all right? And this is Matt Howard. He's an NBA prospect as well. And I'm just a fast guy who's setting things up, okay? So you come up, and you, I'm up here at the top of the key, and you set a screen for me. And, and everybody's defense, like all these, imagine, pay attention. This is important. All these guys, look, Dave's got his phone out taking pictures. <laughs> uh, so all these guys' defense, because this is the best player and that's the best player, all the defense is, is falling over to this side, okay? The hoop is like, that black line is the hoop, all right, on the floor. So he comes and sets a screen, which makes everybody think I'm going to go this way. But ultimately, Van Zant goes this way, and all the defense from this side, this guy's a really good shooter, so nobody leaves him, all right? in the corner. Everybody, this guy's man, my man, and this man are all flowing to this side of the floor. And the big dumb white guy, who nobody expects to score, is staying all by himself underneath the basket. And he throws in the ball, and he scores a layup. And the game, y- yippee wahoo, Butler wins. So, okay, go sit down. Yes. Good job. Give it up for the big dumb white guy. So, I say all of that because Butler is awesome, But more than that, I say, to paint a picture of what it means to boast in something. I was boasting in the glory of Brad Stevens, the coach of Butler. I was boasting in the glory of the, just the way Butler understands how to score down the stretch. And and it, that's what draw, I'm like a basketball coach by nature. My, my dad was a coach and I've coached a little bit and, and I just really, when I'm watching basketball, I'm watching for the the, the nitty-gritty details that probably most people aren't paying attention to, and that stuff really lights me up to watch that stuff happen. And so that's why I love Butler so much, and that's why I love that place so much, and that's why I, I brought everybody up here to see it. So you can go home and, and check out the, the last seven seconds of the game against Pittsburgh and see exactly what, what happened, what I was talking about. But ultimately, that's what it means to boast and to glory in something. And that's what, what Paul is indicting these Galatian 
Judaizing leaders were saying to these to the Galatian people is that they're boasting in the glory of who they are and what they do, how they can modify behavior of the people that are there. And ultimately, the next verse, Paul says, stop boasting in things that are not, that are of the flesh. You may go back and read verse 13. For those, for even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they have a desire to have you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh, that they may make a really big deal about a seven-second basketball play so everybody pay attention. This is really, really cool. That's what boasting in the flesh is. Everybody pay attention to what I did in the life of this Galatian person. It's really, really cool. Pay attention to that. Everybody look at my flesh. Look at what I've done. I'm really, really cool. Boast in my glory. Look at my glory. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. But then he moved down to, to verse 14. <clears throat> but far be it from me to boast, to get your attention, to glory in anything except for the cross of our Lord Jesus. Dave read that verse for us in our call to worship this morning, and I just want to, me bringing everybody up here and drawing that play was fun, silly, smiles, Dave taking pictures, but I, I don't, I, I want the weight of verse 14 to, to descend upon us and, and the pressure of all that this verse is to just sit on our shoulders. It is massive. If you don't hear a thing, hear this. But far be it from me to boast in anything, to bring glory, to draw your attention to anything but the cross. May we all walk from this place this morning having engaged and encountered the cross and having the weight of all that it is to descend upon us and change the very core of us. And that's why the repetition of the gospel that happens all throughout every single thing that Paul ever wrote is this repetition of the same thing over and 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 over again. Pressing the gospel as far down into the fabric of who we are, so that what comes out of us is boasting in nothing but the cross, boasting in nothing but the gospel, that Jesus Christ is who he said he was, and we are who, who the scripture says we are. The gospel says that there is nothing natural in you worth boasting about. There is no, nothing, no reason to draw attention to yourself, only the cross. The only thing that matters in any way in you or in me is what we do and how we draw attention to the cross. I just, that needs to penetrate the depth of who we are. Verse 14 and 15. Read those together as a... As a Pair, but far be it from me to boast in anything except for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. The gospel presented simply. Verse 14, pay attention to the cross alone. Verse 15, behavior or religious action count for nothing. I said Paul was very repetitive of everything that he wrote. Romans 3, uh, 
is a, a beautiful picture of this. It's, it's a baseline application of the gospel. Um, Romans 3 says our mouths were as open graves. Before Christ, our mouths are as open graves. Which means disease and death and that which can kill resides inside of our mouths. We open our mouths and the disease and stench of death comes out. Romans 3 also says the venom of ass, the the most poisonous, most lethal venom is on our tongues pre-Christ. Yet we walk around boasting, hey, pay attention to the death that's in my mouth. Hey, my breath is worse than yours. Hey, look at the, the venom that's coming out of my tongue. And we're so ridiculous to think when, when we fully understand who we are, the naturalness of us, the flesh of us, and we want people to pay attention to that. When you're 14 years old and you got a big zit on your face, you want to cover it up. We boast in our flesh. Hey, look at, the, look at how ridiculous I am. Look at how full of death I am. Absurd. That's Romans 3. But Romans 5, we have been justified by faith through grace. We have been justified. We stand before a holy God, perfectly redeemed, perfectly without the stench of death in our mouth, perfectly without the, the venom of asps on our tongue, but instead stand before a holy God, justified by faith and into peace. And faith is just trusting and surrendering to all that he is. I give myself over to you. Read the last phrase of verse 15. We are a new creation. This passage in the gospel is calling us to simply understand that we are a new creation. To to rest in our identity in Christ. Because of the power of of the gospel and the power of Christ. And I, I, I want to stay here for a second. Identity in Christ. Paul is, Paul is writing about the flesh and about the spirit. He's written about all that throughout the whole book of Galatians. And he's closing with it here, bringing some very specific direction to us and how we operate in our lives and in our world and, and what the gospel does to permeate all of our being and how it leads us to 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 action and to do and to be and to interact in our world and and it starts and with with this understanding that we are because of the power of the gospel we are a new creation and that is our identity and we when that is our identity we attract people to, when people are attracted to, to what we do and who we are and what we're saying, we are directing attention to the gospel of Christ, to who he is, the, the beauty of that. And that's, as a new creation, when we fully understand what our identity is and how we've been changed, and it's, it's pushed down to the, the core fabric of who we are, it changes us and changes what we do and how we interact. Verse 16. 
And as for all who walk by this rule, that religion doesn't count for anything, and the cross is the only thing that matters, and our identity in Christ, as for those who walk by this understanding, do you, do you see that? Who walk by this understanding, all the stuff that I said up until now, when we fully grasp that and push it to the very core and fabric of who we are, what happens? Peace and mercy upon them. When you understand, fully understand what Paul's getting at with the gospel, peace and mercy are yours. And I don't mean to say prosperity gospel. I don't mean to say that health and wealth come to you when you understand the gospel. That's not the heart of it. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with how adverse situations and how wonderful situations affect you. Do you follow that? Just like the line in the, in the last song that we sung that I talked about before I started teaching. That there is, I don't have time to maintain these regrets because I'm so beautifully in love with who you are. And that's the, the mercy and the grace and the peace that overcomes you, that is yours when you engage and understand and appreciate and seek and look into the gospel. <clears throat> this is how to live. Verse 17. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus with your spirit, brothers. Amen. This is... Go back to verse 17. Christ bears on his body the marks of Jesus. Paul is humble and Paul is flesh crucified. So what, where, what does this do? Where does this leave us all? I want to leave you with a, a quote that I read from John Stott this week. This is where it leaves us. The desires of the saints, however earnest, are humble desires. Their hope is a humble hope, and their joy, even when it is unspeakable and full of glory, is a humble, broken-hearted joy. Leaving the Christian more poor in spirit, more like a little child, and more disposed to a universal lowliness of behavior. When we fully understand and appreciate the gospel and understand what Paul is teaching to us here in Galatians, it leaves us full of humility. Because there is nothing about us that matters for a darn thing. The only thing that matters is the cross of Christ. And when we get there, when we understand that, anything that's about us has to be filled with humility. If there is any reason for anyone to pay attention to any word that comes out of my mouth, it's cross. It's because of who Jesus is. If there's any reason to pay attention to anything about any one of you, it's because of Christ. And when we understand that, humility has to paint everything. And grace and peace and mercy are all over you. When tragedy happens, when greatness happens, peace and mercy and grace are all over you. 
And I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves me. It's gorgeous. It's gospel. It's Jesus. Let's pray and get a chance to respond. God, you are so beautiful. And Father, I I stand before you and I stand before these people, Father, begging of you to press this down deeper into the core of who I am, Father, and deeper into the core of who these people are, God. Help us to understand our wretchedness, the open graves of our mouths, Father, and help us to understand that you have placed your love within our reach, God, and we can engage you because of who you are. God, draw us into beautiful relationship with you, God. Lord, help us. Show us what it means to boast in the cross. Show us what that means to boast in the cross with our families, with our, with our jobs, at school, in our communities, with our neighbors, with our spouses, with our children. God, may our lives be one big arrow pointing to your Son, Jesus. May we boast only there. But God, thank you mostly for the cross. God, draw our hearts in now to Jesus. God, may we see him there, abused and bloody and broken. May we glory in that. Father, you are amazing. We trust in you alone. In Christ's name.